Welcome everybody, Nazi Mama's Christian Podcast. Christian Podcast does not take itself too seriously. Oh gosh, I was laughing. That one made me laugh. Do it again. I'm going to record it this time because your face is funny. <laughs> and no one's going to be able to see it. So let's just do it again. And uh, you're gonna, we're going to do the intro. So let's, right here, I'll put, I'll do the, yeah, again. So do it again. The funny part is, Topper is in the basement as we're recording this. And I could hear him laughing as I was doing this. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Do it again. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That was, hey, everybody, welcome. This is somebody the first time listening. Like, what the heck? You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Subscribe. Yeah, press that yeah. subscribe button. Yeah. And welcome, welcome to the podcast. But I'm your host Shane here with my brother Eric. Oh. What? Oh, come on, really? <laughs> Cough came at the worst time. All this time. Ew. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm still fighting that cold that I had a week ago. It's yeah. not like we're recording it right after that intro, yeah, right? Um, still no baby. Uh, still no, still no baby actually, number three. We're still on Panda Watch. We have no idea if, by the time this is released. By the time I am recording this right now, mm-hmm. the moment I'm recording this, which for the people listening, who knows? They don't know when it is. Yeah. They just know it's BC before before child. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what it is. Um, Shane, question for yeah. you. Uh-huh. To get us, let's just jump right in. Too. Let's jump, let's, jump right on in. Let's not. No, don't. No, that's it. Let's what? not dilly dally. Is that your slogan? Because <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and it's what's a, up, everybody? Oh, Both you have those. the worst slogan. <laughs> what's your slogan? Uh, welcome to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. That's our tagline. That's our tagline. Seriously, that's a difference. I'm your host, Shane. Okay, um, Shane. What band did you listen to back in the day that you don't listen to at all anymore? Like, mm-hmm. not that. Not bands that you listen to that you don't use to listen that you what? used to huh? listen what? to what? that you no longer listen to, but you can still appreciate, you can still check out. Uh huh. Like you mean like if they release new stuff? Just what bands did did you used to listen to back in the day? Yeah. That you cannot listen to at all, even the stuff you used to listen to. So of course some of these bands might have released more CDs and you don't know any of those. But, but even, even like those the CDs original that you did like, you mm-hmm. cannot listen to mm-hmm. them anymore. Mm-hmm. What What are some of those bands? Yeah, uh, probably. Um, Creed is gonna have to be up there. So you can't really listen to Creed all that much. I listen to Creed sometimes, ironically. Ironically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not, not like, oh man, I want to put some Creed on right yeah. now. You're never into Creed. No, you're... no. I, you know, I don't. With arms wide open. Yeah, that. You know, Creed was. Can you take me higher? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I. Used to really like Creed a lot. Um, I bought. Uh, this is something that's really embarrassing, and I oh, think I mentioned ooh. this. Buckle but, up, buckle up, everybody. But, uh, There's I, another slogan for me. So I'm gonna write them down. No, hey, but, uh, buckle up, campers. St- no, okay, stop. <laughs> um, but I bought the first Nickelback album. Yeah, it is very embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Nickelback is the why? Do, but let me ask you a question: Why is Nickelback bad? We all know they're bad. Everyone listening says, "Yeah, they're bad." Yeah, yeah. But what? How? They've seen well, it's because they are kind of similar to Creed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but everyone everyone rags on Creed too for yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah, now, but like 
Nickelback, I feel like, was never really cool to like. For like a second. For that. Like a split for second. For a half second. These five words in my head scream, are we having fun? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know why. That is I think the, it's because they it's the same recycled music over yeah. and over and over. It's lyrics cutter, are terrible, yeah. terrible oh, yeah, lyrics. Yeah. It's it's really cheesy, and they come across as like thinking that they're like the cool kids in school and like, like the alternative yeah, rock. And everyone's kind of like these kids. These kids suck. Yeah, yeah. We can, we're we're all about the rock and roll. Were you guys ready to get your face rocked off? <laughs> that sort of a deal. Yeah, I feel like I've never heard see, I've never heard them. Chad Kroger, I think is his name. I've yep. never heard him say that, but I feel like he would say that. You ever see um, the video of them at a show? Oh, they like, got booed. Yeah, and they said, "Do you guys want us to play?" Yeah, and literally no one said anything. He said, "All right," and they walked off stage because like Walk, literally they walked off flicking off the crowd. Yeah, because literally like they were booing them the whole time. Yeah, and I would have done the same thing if I were them. Yeah, I, well, I, I, yeah. besides the flicking them off part, but I mean, like, sure, I would have sure, done. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, but like, I would have been like, "Look, do you want us to play or not? If you don't, then we'll just leave." Yeah, we don't need to do this for you know, yeah. like, uh, I, so I I get that. Yeah, I don't. I, they must have been at a festival or something because yeah, it wouldn't have where, made where sense. They, otherwise, where they were the headline or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I used to be a really big Limp Biscuit guy. Oh yeah, you yeah. love Limp Biscuit. Yep, I used to really like Limp Biscuit. Yeah. I used to like corn. Move a lot. in the move out, hands up, the hands down. Back, back up, back, back up. up. Tell me what you want to do now. Rolling, rolling. That's the hand motion. It's like the hokey pokey. Yeah, that's rock. what it is. Yeah. Um, Limp Biscuit. I used to like a lot. I used to like corn a lot. Yeah. Oh, not, not, oh, not, not, I can't really listen to either of them. Even those old stuff. I don't. Really... You you loved rap rock. <laughs> I I did like POD. <laughs> yeah, you... that was my favorite band. And well, I I will still listen to some old POD because it like kind of brought me into that heavier music. Uh-huh. Um, and I and I remember when I saw them on MTV two really late and I was like, who is this band? And I found they were Christian. I was like, oh good, because that's the only thing I'm allowed to listen to. Yeah. And they were heavy and they were mm-hmm. so whatever. But um, they were my favorite band for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. I can't really listen to their new music as much anymore because I don't yeah. really care about them as much. But I still will listen sometimes to their old stuff. Um, sometimes it's just nostalgia. That's the only reason. Yeah. It's not because I'm enjoying it as much as right. I, I, I enjoy the the. Memories it gives me, of course, yeah. You know that's that's why that's the thing with music is that it, it does that for you and it brings yeah brings those memories back. But the reason why we're bringing all of this stuff up is because uh, a lot of times that favorite band that you used to have or whatever it may be, that band that you were like, man, that album was so great. Then they come out with another album and you're like, oh, it's just not quite the same. It's just not quite what the first one was. And then they come out with the third one and you're like, oh no, they sound yeah. nothing like... Like sometimes you can listen to a band's first album and their third, fourth, or even fifth yeah. album and be like, that's two entirely different bands. Yeah. there. A lot of times bands will change and morph and it leaves fans of them like wishing that they were the old band. Yeah. Yeah. And it, for, you want that first album. This just happened do. for us uh-huh. being uh, big fans of Underoath. Now, I know not everyone listening cares about Underoath, but we are big fans of Underoath. They finally released their first CD after eight years, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's not it's not the same Underoath. It's, it's, it's they, they barely scream in yeah. it. Um, it's just, I, what I was saying to you is, I've, I force myself to like it because I like Underoath so much, mm-hmm. but if it was just another band, I would probably listen to it once and never listen to it again. Yeah. Yeah. But because Underoath, I give it more of a chance. Because and, you have I, history, and I want to like them. Because mm-hmm. I, when I was really morphing my musical interests and my my preferences, Underoath was one of the bands that did that for me. Yeah, absolutely. I still love those old Underoath CDs. Um, but for those of you that are listening, think of 
I know there's so many different bands that have done this. Think of Mumford and Sons. They mm-hmm. had the first two CDs that were really um, folky. You got that the, banjo in there. And the third one was was like U2. Mm-hmm. Very different than the other stuff. Think of Taylor Swift. She was the country innocent girl. She's, now whatever she's dead she, now. Whatever she is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever she is now. Um, I think of bands. <laughs> whatever she is. <laughs> whatever. You were able to like give examples from Mumford and Sons, and you're like, think of Taylor Swift and whatever she is. Now. Whatever she turned it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you describe it now. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many different be- bands you can think of or artists you can think of that started off one way and then morphed into something else. Sometimes, uh-huh. and we can talk about why they do that. And and it leaves us as fans sometimes thinking, man, why couldn't they be their old self? But sometimes, uh, at the same at the same for the same point. Uh, Bands can evolve with you. Have you ever had that happen where like a band sounded one way and then they released their next album a couple years later and then another one after that and it all happened to hit exactly what you were into in that moment? Has that ever happened? Uh, with one band and the same band that was for you. As Cities Burn? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's... Explain that. That's awesome. That what I mean by that is... As Cities Burn, uh, if you don't know, they are they're a tooth and nail band, solid state band, and uh, they uh, they're similar to Underoath. They're actually good friends with Underoath. They came out with their first album, and it was really heavy, screaming, all these sort of things, which is what we were into at the time. And then they lost their screamer, and then their second album wasn't that, and it was more singing, and and it just kind of went along with that was kind of where. I was musically at that time. Yeah, you were get, into getting into hardcore music, the hard... and then I was moving out you of it. You weren't anti-hardcore music. You were just kind of getting past yeah, it. Yeah, I just... You were starting to hone into another style as your main style. Right, and As Cities Burn just happened to evolve with me and I'm not like they consulted me, but like they, you know, their their music. You didn't have to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> they people know they didn't consult yeah. you. <laughs> their their music evolved with my interests at the time, which is awesome. Thrice is another band where that happened, where it's just like they kind of changed the way that they sound. If you listen to the to the first Thrice album that there is, mm-hmm. to their most recent one, it does sound entirely different, and that's every band. You know, most bands. They they should sound different, and I would even say if they if every album sounds the same, then I'm not interested. Yeah, it can get old. You can be like if every album sounds the same, then you're Nickelback, <laughs> like <laughs> you're Creed, like yeah. it's the same sort of deal. You know, yeah. like they're trying to recreate the same thing. But at the same I time, say every band. But at the same time, there are times where a band will change a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, why? Like, yeah, sometimes it's let, bad. Let me give you a, um, a. I like the Ava Brothers a lot. Yeah. Really like the Ava, Ava Brothers. Their newer CD, which is a couple years old now, has a lot more electronic stuff in it, and mm-hmm. I've listened to it and like the electronic stuff. I'm like, man, it sound better if this wasn't in it. And yeah. I think they're trying to like, they've. It's like I don't even know what, how many. They have seven or eight CDs at this point. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do something different. Um, but to me, it was like worse because they're trying to do something different. I want you to be Aver Brothers, but at the same time, like bands like a guy like Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Was the last Jack Johnson CD you listened to? I, I'm not interested anymore because it's so it's, it's all the same. the same. He's never changed. It's and always when, the same. When I feel, first, or at least it feels like it's never yeah, changed. When I first heard Jack Johnson, I was like, "This is awesome. I loved it." Yeah, but yeah, now every song I'm like, I, I haven't listened to a Jack Johnson album in a long time. Yeah, because it's you've heard every yeah. song on that CD before the CD ever came out. It feels like right. So. Is it fair for a band that you really like to morph and change? And is it okay for us as as listeners to decide, you know what, we're we're done with this? Because a lot of times I'll see bands like get mad about it. Yeah. Like you're 
we're allowed to morph and change, which of course they are. Yeah, and I'm allowed to not listen. Yeah, that that's kind of my big thing. Like I know Under Earth has, has kind of been fighting back with some of the critics of it, and it's like you know you're allowed to change, but I'm allowed to not like it. I'm allowed to wish that you didn't change yep. and and decide against it. But yeah, um, that's a hard balance for bands to do. What to stay the same and feel stale, mm-hmm. or to change and risk abandoning your fans from your original. Right, lineup. right, right. Yeah, and I, I, you know, of course it's okay because you can like whatever you want to like and not like whatever you don't want to like. That's totally up to the the person. And uh, music is a challenging thing because, uh, now this isn't always the case, but it's artistic and it's about creating some sort of an art. It's not about creating something just to sell it. Obviously that happens mm-hmm. all the time in yeah. music, but it should be about... I want to create something that is meaningful to me as an individual, and hopefully that resonates with people. And if you're vulnerable, then it will resonate with people. And if you're open, it should resonate with people and what's going on. And and that's all part of that's that's why music is so important to us is because it makes us feel something. It yeah. makes us feel a certain way, one way or the other. And if the artist is not honest about where they are in the present, then their music could suffer for it. So I understand the artist adjusting as they're going because they're growing and they're maturing and they're changing and they should produce whatever it is that they are into at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's their art. Yeah. They're allowed to do whatever they want. Some bands, I think, do that. They mm-hmm. morph because they are growing and maturing as people. Yeah. Um, I, I think of so many bands that their first CD was all about a breakup. Right, right. You're not going to write about a breakup yeah. to, when you're married. You're not going to write about stuff you cared about when you were 19, when you're 25. It is weird if you write a love song for like a girlfriend or something when you're in high school, because a lot of bands are like that. Brand New was like that. Yeah, that was, my, that was my big example. Yeah. Uh, Me Without You, my Me favorite without band. You. They, they write songs about a high school relationship or college relationship that they had, because yep. that's what they felt in that moment. And then you think, if the, you're, you as a listener, think back to when you were in high school or college, if you are older, and those relationships that you had, and now they're like nothing to you they don't you couldn't write or create that art or create that song uh, based on that relationship anymore because now that relationship is like okay it's nothing now i'm past it i'm beyond it but in the moment it's so important and so when an artist writes a song about a breakup then and then they have to sing it 20 years later yeah it's got to be weird about a height like imagine finding like a uh, you didn't write any journals or diaries no. when you were in high school. Neither did I. But imagine you did. Yeah. And you had a bad day in high school and you right. wrote it. And for 20 years, you had to read that diary. Oh, it'd be day. terrible. 20 years later, you'd be like, with with kids, you're like, I'm still writing reading about this yeah. bad day I had in high school that yeah. really is insignificant to my life at this point. Yeah. But that's reading about this girl that I dated in high school yeah. who now she's married with three kids and I'm married with, you know, like that sort of a thing. But it's just remembering that yeah. that song did impact other people. Correct. And there's songs that fans have written about breakups. There's songs that Brand New has written about about their breakups that mm-hmm. at the time really helped me with my breakups. Yeah. And when I listen back to it, I listen back to a time where, man, that helped me at that time. I still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. There's some bands that morph and mature just with themselves and they end up, they just keep writing what's authentic and real to them. And so when they do that, it obviously changes from their 19-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like there are other bands or artists and I will dare to throw Taylor Swift in this category <laughs> that instead of morphing because they're being more authentic, they're morphing because it's 
it sells sells a little better. Yeah. Oh, obviously. There, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of bands that do that, and that's what really like. Yeah. I'd rather you morph because you're authentic, even if I don't like it, than morph just to sell more and be a little more popular, be a little mm-hmm. more because that the country Taylor Swift was not going to keep lasting. So right, you got to do it a little different. You got to mm-hmm. do the electronic, whatever, be a little more edgier yeah. at this point. Popular, do the yeah. innocent girl from from way back in the day. But at the same time, she's not that girl anymore. You would think, right? Um, she. So I don't know. It just. I guess it's all how you yeah. perceive it, right? Like yeah, I perceive her as doing it to get my money. I perceive bands like Under Oath doing it because they're more authentic. And maybe it's because I like Under Oath. And I don't yeah, you give them the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. I give it benefit of the doubt at the same time. But yeah, well, and you never know exactly what is behind what 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 is the motive behind everything that happens. But yeah, there are so many bands that start off in the Christian world. Uh, in the Christian music industry, that that gains some notoriety and some fame there, and then all of a sudden make the change out of the Christian music industry, and then claim, "Oh, I was never that way before." And obviously, that is to sell things, and and people change, all those sort of things. But it, it it is a part of the the culture and the the music society. So, but the reason why we're talking about it is because sometimes we as people change, and you as a person change. And uh, there, there's, there are things that I can look back on in my life and think, man, I can't believe that I thought that way or I believed this this particular thing. Or I uh, acted this way. Yeah, yeah. Or I wore that that shirt. <laughs> I mean, think I mean? back, for those of you that are like in your 30s, like yeah. like, like us, think back to your college days. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there are things that I look back at my college days like I can't believe I acted that way. Yeah. Some, uh, most, I mean, pretty much all bad is when I think about it. Yeah. Why did I act that way? Things that I thought were cool back in the day that I was like, God, what? if I could go back and be yeah, like, it's Dude, not, you're it's not, not cool. cool. You, you think you're cool, whatever. But hopefully you have evolved. Hopefully you have changed as an individual. You know that guy who hasn't or that girl who hasn't, mm-hmm. who hasn't evolved from their college person? Yeah. That person sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do. Yeah. Like you got to mature. Like yeah. that's part of your walk, right? Especially as, as a follower of Jesus, you got to grow. Mm-hmm. It's it's boring and lazy and sinful to stay the same, yeah. especially when it comes to your walk. So that person that still tries to live the glory days of college, yeah. Um, yeah. when you're 30, that's not that's not like cool or fun. It's pathetic. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what it, I've always been like, Oh, I hope that I never turn into that guy is, uh, the guy who, who has, who, who's like, I'm not saying all older guys with long hair are like this, but <laughs> okay. I have a point to it. I've never wanted to be that guy. Who's like in, in his fifties with long hair, who's balding at the same time and out there. Who's more like, like the whole like rock and roll guy. And like, I'm more concerned about living his rock and roll days and not realizing that he is an older guy now and needs to mature. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I never so want to be that. You're saying if you're old, you can't rock. <laughs> no, That's I am I not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying that like if you are a person who never changes, that should be a red flag. Like we should change as we get older. That I mean, your life changes. You get yeah. married, you right, change. Right, right, right. You have kids, you change. Like, yeah. I, I know not everyone gets married, or not everyone has has kids. But you start a job. Mm-hmm. You 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 can't like if you party a lot, you can't drink as much as you used to. You mm-hmm. can't do some of that stuff. You know, like 
you're physically you, not able yeah, to. Yeah, you physically can't yeah. do it. Now, I'm not saying that if you are old, then you can't play in a band or anything like that. That's not that's not what I'm saying whatsoever. Um, because I know a lot of older guys who are just like, I just want to jam. I just want to play music because it it's feels your passion. good. It's my passion. I love music. Like that's awesome. So that's don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm I'm talking about the guy who is more concerned about reliving his college days when everybody around him has moved on and we need to mature. And also at the same time, I can look back in my life and be like, man, I can't believe that I believed this fill in the blank. You know, like I, there, my theology has changed. My walk with Jesus has changed. And there are things that I believed when I was in high school and college that have changed then I'm not saying that uh, the most important things have changed because I've I've been a follower of Jesus for mm-hmm. since since high school and uh, so that obviously has not changed. But there are my theology and my understanding of who God is has changed, and yeah. my understanding of how we should then react and behave as Christians has changed. Yeah, f- definitely for me too. And I think it's changed. I believe in the bet, like for mm-hmm. the better. I feel like I have a close relationship with God now, even though it's not the same as it was in high school and college. It's how likely is it? And we've talked about this before. Um, how likely is it that that the beliefs that you started with as a kid, and your when it comes to your religion, your politics, everything, is the exact right hand deck of cards? It's impossible. It's impossible. So we should always try to be challenging ourselves to see what comes out truth-wise, mm-hmm. filtering it through the word, filtering it through our life experiences, filtering it through everything to see what comes out. Um, and my prayer and our prayer as pastors is that it comes out with a stronger faith. But some people do that, and they don't come out with faith. They come out with something else. Mm-hmm. And so there's some bands that we listen to, especially if you're, you're uh, a Christian and listen to certain Christian bands that – all of a sudden, they used to start as Christian as a Christian man, and now they're not. Um, you get some bands that come to my mind is Under Oath because mm-hmm. they're obviously in that there's still Christians in the band, but the main singer who writes all the lyrics is not one. He's mm-hmm. pretty clear about that. Um, Asley Dine was a Christian band <laughs> until he tried to murder his <laughs> wife. So um, he's not a Christian. I think he said he might be a Christian. I don't know, but he got to the point where he wasn't. So bands change and they yeah. they start as this one thing, and then they morph, and people go. How you abandon your stuff, you abandon what what you're going to do, which maybe they did, maybe mm-hmm. they didn't, but they are growing I and think maturing. Change, yeah. Hey, let me ask you this: Have you ever gone back and listened to the first sermon that you ever gave? Yeah. Do you like it? No, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. It's a terrible sermon. In fact, I don't even think I understood what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, like, I really don't. I really think I was just like kind of spitting stuff out. Yeah. And I think I've gotten really good with sermons at this point. Like mm-hmm. I'm confident, and when I for most of my sermons, I'm. There's times I show up like I'm confident in this one. There's times yeah. I'm like I'm not that confident. So I wonder how I'm gonna feel ten years from now when I look yeah. back at the sermons I preached like last week. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that will always be the case. We can always look back ten years in our life and be like, oh, that's that's cringeworthy, right? But yeah, that's exactly. Uh, mom, our mom has the first sermon that I gave uh, to adults, not to not first sermon ever, uh, but she has it on. A video. I'd never want to watch it. Yeah, I do not want to see that. It's yeah. it's embarrassing to look back on. And at the time, I felt like, man, I knocked this out of the park. Yeah, you know, I felt at the time like, oh yeah, I I I killed it. But looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so. Bad. But you needed that. You yeah. needed to do that in order to become the person you are today. Right, Just right. Like all of us have had things that in the past. We look back, we mm-hmm. thought we're good that we don't as much. 
you need that in order to grow. Musicians need the same thing. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, I heard a great interview from the lead singer of Copeland, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Marsh, who talked about how when you write that first CD that you don't think anyone's ever going to hear, you can't yeah. get that back. Yeah. So he, he compared to like Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, um, my best friend, BFF. <laughs> we took pictures. We got a picture together. I chased him in the back. Um, when he wrote that first Foo Fighters CD, he made all of it himself. He didn't think anyone was ever going to hear it. He mm-hmm. was just doing it as a side thing when he was in Nirvana. He yeah. was a side thing, whatever. Um, so you can't reproduce the fact that you wrote something truly authentic that you thought no one was ever going to hear. And a lot of bands like Copeland's first CD, um, like a lot of the main artists do, they they make the CD and all of a sudden they break and they get popular. So they write to the next CD, and this is what Aaron was saying, is that it's impossible to have to write that first CD again because you are now writing knowing that somebody's going to hear it. And That's it changes pressure. the way you write it. Because you're it's, thinking it's with natural. other people in mind. I, it's the same thing in like when we're preparing a sermon. I, when I prepare a sermon, I'm writing it thinking, okay, people are going to hear this. Mm-hmm. So what do I want to say to people? You know, like that's that's in the back of your mind. What am I? What are we trying to communicate? What is God trying to say? That's always going to be there, and it, it, so it makes sense that that he would that, that that artist would feel that way. Yeah. So this what one thing I've learned is, especially when it comes to music, because music is the biggest thing that brings back nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. Brings me back to that college days or whatever. And there are times where I will listen to songs and it'll make me think about when I was in high school or when I was in college. And I start to miss those times. I miss the times that we were in a band together and we, and all that stuff, like that culture. But here, the, what happens is a lot of us um, take nostalgia. And what nostalgia does is we think of memories. And most of us take those memories of college days and we think of the best ofs. Yeah. Here are the best moments of, of college. And when I was in college, it wasn't all best ofs. There was mm-hmm. plenty of, of down points where I was looking for a girlfriend and desperately trying to find someone to marry. Uh-huh. And now that I'm married with kids, Something I dreamed about when I was in college. There are times where I listen to certain songs that bring me back to those days. I go, man, it was nice when I was just I was just in college. I was doing it. Yeah. Everyone does that, right? So that's the that's the thing you got to be careful with nostalgia. Is you normally think of your best ofs and you make that almost an idol mm-hmm. of man. I wish I could go back to that. And we do that with our music. We do that with everything else. I, mean, I wish that band would just go back to the first CD that they were. If they ever did that, and most likely if they did, you wouldn't even like it because you're not that same person, anyways. It yeah. was this. That that CD or that song, whatever came out at a perfect time for you and impacted you in a certain way, and it, you can't reproduce yeah. it. You and take can't that for it what it is. Take and, and the same thing happens with TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, have you ever seen like a TV show revive? They're talking about reviving The Office. I'm like, no, yeah, do not do it because I liked it as it was, even though it tailed off at the end. But like, I liked it as it was, <laughs> even though even though it sucked. By yeah, the end. yeah. By the end of the season, you know, I don't want I don't want you to mess with it. It was it was good for when I was watching it for for what I wanted and I can always go back and watch it and and enjoy it. Yeah. But if you like revive it or you know things change, people change and it's never going to be the same because the actors are now different. They've changed and they've moved on. So all, it, it's always the case. But I I just want to challenge people and I want to challenge myself to say that don't I don't want to just accept something because it's what I've always believed. I don't want to just accept something because that's the way that I've always gone about it. We should always be challenging ourselves to think, okay, how can I mature? What have I been buying into that isn't accurate? What have I been believing that isn't the truth? God revealed to me and convict me in the area where I need to grow up. 
where I need to change. That should always be our goal. And if we're the same person that we were 10 years ago, then that is an issue. So so when you get mad at these bands mm-hmm. that are changing, then it's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm putting words in your mouth. Is, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to wait to hear what you have to say before I just accept it. <coughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry. What you're saying is that you have to eventually grow. So when you get mad at bands that don't do it, that you are a jerk and you should not do that. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll go with it. <laughs> I'll go with it. We have we, we have to grow as people yeah. and um, don't try to recapture that, that magic in a bottle that happened when that band released that CD that mm-hmm. really changed you. Just enjoy that CD. Just enjoy that CD for what it was and if they change to a point where you... Um, don't like it as much, then you can be like, no, that kind of sucks, but whatever. There are bands that have done that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Me Without You is my favorite band. They released three amazing CDs I really loved, and the fourth one came out, I liked it, but it was like very different, and the next one was kind of different. And then the most recent one, they kind of went back to some of the style yeah. I really liked, and I really like that one again, so sometimes that happens, but just know that they are maturing, like we should be maturing, and instead mm-hmm. of always craving for how it was back in the day, Mm-hmm. What we do is when we when we only worry about back in the day stuff, then we don't focus on today as much. Yeah, and we always are. We can minimize today thinking about um, the the past and the future. Because a lot of times we think of some days this thing's going to happen, and we live in today, enjoy today, appreciate what happened back in the day for what it was. When it comes to your music, when it comes to anything else, your beliefs, and now appreciate what you're going through today. Mm-hmm. So Underworth writes a CD that you don't like as much, like like us. Like, uh, no, I will it, say it I like sucks. it. I like it more than you do. Yeah, it kind of it. You know, it stinks because you want the old Underworth, but they aren't the old Underworth. Yeah. They're they're this one. Taylor new CD comes out. You might like it as much, or you might love it. She's not the same girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's dead. <laughs> so enjoy it for what it, for what it was. Yeah. That that's that's our challenge. So why don't we take a uh, quick break and then we have a Not Your Mama's question we're gonna do. So let's. Oh yeah, it's a pretty good one. So let's take a let's take a quick break. And we're back. What? No. Okay. <laughs> remember, remember uh, when Todd used to do that every time? Yeah. He's downstairs. You can maybe call him. No. Come up. You know what? I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Nacho, Nacho. What was that? You got a question? I don't care. Because it's not your mama's questions. So this question comes from Katherine Anderson. Um, she sent us an email talking about um, an episode we did, which we really appreciate her, her comments on that. And she asked this question, and it was a really good question. So I was like, hey, can we use it for Natural Mama's question? She said, of course you can. Um, and here's her question. How do you get... <coughs> uh, what the? What is wrong with I'm you? I'm sorry, Catherine. <laughs> Why are you coughing so much all the time? I'm sick. Do you have polyps in your I'm throat? I'm sick. That's why I'm coughing. Oh, goodness. I was trying to hold that in. All right. My question is involvement. How do you get a steady flow of workers for children's church short of conscription? What does that mean, Shane? It means, <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah, it, it she's means a lot smarter than we are. Compulsory enlistment for state service. So like, so force, getting, yeah, getting someone to like make a compulsive decision. Yeah, or like forcing someone into mm-hmm. whatever, um, almost like guilty them. Um, so how do you get 
a steady flow of workers for Children's Church short of doing that. I have been doing We Worship, ages two to five, for over seven years. I love the children, but would like to be able to attend the whole worship service occasionally. In our church, we are finding that the families with young children love to have their children attend children's worship, participate in all the special children's activities. However, none of them volunteer to help organize or execute any of these programs. All of the children's workers are 45 plus years of age. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to involve the parents of young children in their children's church experience. So before we really answer mm-hmm. the question, great question, by the way, um, Catherine, before we answer that question, when it comes to children's volunteers for you, how many do you have, like number, how many people do you have, rough estimate, compared to how many people you have coming to church on a regular basis? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question off the top of my head. Um, uh, What's your guess? You're the head. You mean if we, if we, like total number of children ministry volunteers? Yeah. Uh, I want to say probably around thirty. How many kids do you have normally on an average uh, weekly? Uh, Average week, uh, anywhere anywhere between twenty five, thirty. Okay, so um, twenty, twenty three. And you're averaging about how many people, um, Uh, including kids? Including kids, about one twenty. Okay, so like one hundred adults mm-hmm. then. Um, so, um, how do you recruit when it comes to children's ministry? I mean, it's never going to end. You're always, you, you will always be recruiting. That will always be the case, and you can never have enough children ministry volunteers. Yeah. So, but if you're like, we don't even have enough to do to to have the proper ratios to make sure that the kids are safe. What's um, your ratios? Uh, it, it it depends on the age. So if you have like babies infants you need like one adult for every three around there uh Uh, but if you have elementary school it's somewhere but i think it's like one to twelve yeah around there's always two yeah but yeah you always need that two one to twelve i I believe that that's that's the case and i don't have the that's that's what ours our church was so so you need to make sure that you have the proper ratios to properly take care of the kids and make sure that they're safe because the number one priority is making sure that the kids are safe and that the parents know that the kids are safe. So for any area where where you need volunteers for something, you're like, how do I get somebody to do this? Because it, children ministry is that is, is that way. People aren't genuinely it's, generally it's excited. Ending. It's never ending. Yeah. Um, in any situation, we always need to inspire. We have to give the why. If people understand the why, then they'll be more willing to do the how. Uh, and so if we're talking about children ministry specifically, then I would say, whenever I'm asking, I always say, look, it is our children ministry is so important because most people make their decision on whether or not to follow Jesus Christ between the ages of like four and ten. It's like eighty percent. Yeah, it's insane. It's a ridiculous amount of people that make that decision, and we believe that Jesus is just as important for these children as they are for the adults. And we want them to know about Jesus. And a way that they can know about Jesus is if they have godly adults in their life who are who are not their parents, beyond their parents who are willing to come in and uh, take the time necessary to, to invest in them and to help them feel safe and comfortable and also teach them about Jesus Christ at the same time so they find their identity and then they also find their identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the inspiration that needs to happen. And if people hear that, then they, a lot of times what I've found is that they're more willing to say, man, you know, it is important because if, if you're at church, ask people, what, at what age did you first hear about Jesus at what age would you say that you found Jesus Christ for us it was at a young age now I took ownership of it when I was in high school but most people like you were saying about 80% of people find Jesus at before the age of 10 so 
That means to me that children's ministry is the most important ministry in the church, if that's the case, because children come not by their own choice. Mm-hmm. Adults come because they choose to be there. Mm-hmm. So you are you already got a leg up. They decided to come. But for kids, you could get a kid in there who's like, I don't want to be here, and they're super upset. So it is a great opportunity to actually win people over for Jesus Christ. The reason why we put more more emphasis on not children's ministry is because the adults are the one that pay us. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's just, to be honest, that's, that's why. Um, but you you have to have a good children's ministry in order to succeed as a church. Um, here's what something I would say um, when it comes with, with Catherine. One of the things that, that we are really strict on is um, workers have to come to church. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we, um, we don't want to get to a point where the same worker is only going to church, is only going to children's ministry every week. They are oh, never no. sent in service. And the reason why we do that, and I've seen it happen so many times, is if you are only going and serving every week and not actually be able to sit and, and hear the sermon, even if you listen to a podcast later, mm-hmm. you're not being fed as much as you as everyone else. Right. And you start to feel disconnected. Yeah. That's the word that's the worry. And you can feel burnout. So you feel like, man, I'm doing all this work, and I never get to sit in service. So, so Catherine, I would really warn you for that mm-hmm. because I've seen it happen so many times where people get burnt out and feel like disconnected, feel like that no one appreciates me or, or any of that stuff, and don't feel like you're even part of the body anymore because you have to serve every week. Right. Um, when it comes to the parent aspect of it, I'm a big opponent of not putting people in the position just because you need them. Mm-hmm. You need to find the right people for it. And just because someone's a parent doesn't mean that they should have to serve in children's ministry. I'm a parent. I would not be good in children's ministry. I could do it if I had to, mm-hmm. but I would not be good at it. And if you want to prevent burnout from people, you don't want to put them in, situ- in spots where they aren't thriving in, with their strengths. You want to put them in spots where they are, and you won't get burned out as much. doesn't mean you do it every week. It yeah, means that you yeah. need, to, need to have weeks off. But that's what you need to be careful of. So I think the main thing is vision casting, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. You have to cast the right vision. You can't guilt people into doing it. You don't want those people. You don't want those people. There's some people that their strength is responsibility. So at times they will do it because they feel responsible. Someone needs to do it, so I need to do it. That's the 20% of people do 80% of the work at, mm-hmm. at, at church. So you don't necessarily want them as well. For a season, you can use them. But... In the long term, it's they're not the solution because that's not where they're gifted at. That's not their strengths. So you wanna you wanna find those gifts. Now it's easy for us to say that when you're not in the heart of it. But I was in the heart of it in my at our old church. We did not have enough volunteers, mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure people still went to church. We knew that stuff. So what we started to do is we started to look for people that were members of our church. Or we called them owners, but that weren't serving on a regular basis. And we would ask them. Yes, yeah. That's Signups good. do not work. No. They Mass don't emails don't work. Do not work. <laughs> Personal calls, texts, emails yeah. saying, hey. Target people. Target people. So you look in your crowd. You find the people that are members. And you find people that you think would be good at it. Not people that are parents. Mm-hmm. And think, well, you have to help with this. Because they, they should help if they're members somewhere in the church. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to help with, with children's ministry because they have kids. Find people that aren't doing anything. Find teenagers. Teenagers are great when it comes to helping with some of this stuff. Um, if, if you have a church that has teenagers, they're a great resource when it comes to that stuff. Um, and the kids respond to teenagers really well. Oh, yeah. They Find think those, they're cool. Yeah. Um, 45-year-olds, you don't think they're cool. They don't think we're cool at 30. No. So, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're, yeah. It's your age, right? Yeah. So find teenagers, 
high schools do not think we're cool anymore, right, Shane? Oh, no. So we need to get the younger people to make them think they're cool. Um, find those people. Figure out the people that aren't serving anywhere that you think would be good and take them out to coffee and say, hey, not say, hey, we are desperate and we need help. Can you please help us? People don't respond to don't that. Don't beg, yeah. People don't respond to a, they need something to be fixed. They respond to wanting to do something that is already succeeding. So you go to them and say, hey, I see some gifts and talents in you, and um, we think you'd be a great fit when it comes to children's ministry. We think you'd really be able to thrive with your strengths with the kids that we have. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, and sometimes you'll good. get yes, sometimes you'll get no. But that's the way you get volunteers. You don't ask them to sign up. You don't guilt them because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's also important to note that God has provided the people necessary to do the ministry that he's called you to do. And I believe that God has called all churches to do children's ministry because yeah. it's so important. Because Jesus talked about how important kids are and how and he would say, bring all the kids to me. So I believe every church is called to do children's ministry. And I also believe that God has provided the necessary people in the congregation congregation in the body already this is a biblical this is a biblical thing in the bio, in the body already who are equipped to do the ministry you are called to do so don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to go to specific people don't be afraid to say you know what i would love to get you involved in it if you get a no okay so what you get a no you move yeah, on to the next I've person had plenty of no's yeah i get plenty of no's as well and and that's that's part of doing it but it's too important too important of a thing to just say, ah, yeah, we just don't have the people. I guess we just got to throw this person in. Now, those people who are willing to fill in, mm-hmm. let's say, that those people are valuable too in that area. They are your backups. They are your subs. Yep. That they are the person. They are the people who, who when somebody is sick or they forgot on a Sunday morning, the people, the volunteer is supposed to be in there. Then you could say, hey, I know that you have a list of people who are willing to fill in in a pinch. And they can do that for the time being, but they're not going to be able to do that in the long run because that's not where they're called to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if Catherine is uh, just a volunteer. She says she's been doing it for seven years mm-hmm. or if um, she like leads it. But so I think a lot of this vision has to come from up top. Yep. Has to come from the pastor in the pulpit for sure. Mm-hmm talking about how important children's ministry is. Because yeah. if the pastor doesn't treat it as important, then no one else is going to think it's important. Yeah. Pastor has to do that. Um, and then the children's leader or whatever also promoting that. And I would also make sure, I don't know how big of a church you are. We, I was from a smaller church. The temptation is you need leaders so much, especially if you try to get make sure that that um, you're not serving every week. You need leaders so much or need volunteers so much that anyone who says they're willing will do it. Yeah. And you don't do the proper background checks. Oh, no, and you don't no, no. do the proper procedures. You have to have proper procedures. You cannot... Like I, I went. I came from a church that an incident happened, and if we did not have the proper procedures in place, we mm-hmm. could have been liable. Yeah. But because we did, we knew our kids were safe. And there wasn't an incident that happened at your church. No, we knew our kids were safe because of the proper procedures we had. If your church does not have those procedures, you have to do it today. Yeah. Have an emergency meeting. You have to have a check-in process. You have to have how you're going to release kids. All that stuff. You want to grow as a church? Mm-hmm. If I bring my kid to a church and they don't have a check-in process, I'm never coming back. Oh, no way. There's no way I'm coming back. Why would back. you? Because they're not they're not protecting your kids. They're not looking out for the safety of your children. We have to protect the kids yeah. first and foremost. That's the world that we live in. And I know it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And I know if you're a church that's a smaller church, you oh, want it's annoying. And it's annoying. It's obnoxious. But you can't. There's too much at risk yeah. to not do that. Yeah. So I would say first step is getting the proper procedures in place. It shows the parents that you are serious about their kids. Mm-hmm. And then making sure that the right vision is being cast and ask people. Yeah. 
Find members of the church because we I believe every member of a church should be serving in some capacity. Find members, especially ones that aren't doing a lot that you think would be good and ask them. Yeah. Hey, I, I'd love for you to serve twice a month, once a month in children's ministry. You get enough of those people, then it can it can do a lot for your children's ministry. Yeah. So anyways, well, Catherine, thank you so much for your question. We hope you we hope you that we answered it um adequately. Leave for you. Wow, I'm having trouble getting that one out, huh? <laughs> I'm trying not to cough so you go yell at me. But if you have a Not Your Mama's Questions, Not Your Mama's Question, well, you can ask more than one question. If you have one, please send it to us. You can send it to us a lot of ways. You can go to our website and go to the contact page. You can send it to us there. You can go to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That's at NYM Christian Podcast and send us messages there. Um, we will get those. You can send us a, an email, nymchristianpodcast at gmail.com. We will get it there. But you, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Shane, what, how else can they send those questions? Yeah, easy. You could just go to the zoo. You could find one of the pink flamingos and say, hur, hur, and it'll come over to you, take your question, tape it on its butt, tape tape it on its butt, slap its butt, and then it'll fly our way. It knows how to get here. What if you don't do the right call? Oh, you're done. <laughs> you got to all get the question. No, 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 no. It's so what's important. the call again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know when you're listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that I have already had my, my son. And um, I, I'll, I'll make sure we post a picture if you follow us and all that stuff of of Noah West Valenstein when he is born. Uh, but but hopefully by the time you listen to this, I, I do have a son. I don't know, but I mean eventually I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know when the time this episode comes yeah. out. <laughs> so uh, what, what you since since you guys are about to go through this whole thing, this is your third time going through this process. Yeah. I know a lot of people a lot of times have hat uh, trick. <laughs> and a lot of people a lot triple of threat times, stop it <laughs> a lot of times uh people have like to have music playing through the yeah, yeah, yeah. through like the labor process and the birthing yeah. process and and what uh, what environment you want your child yeah to we got a song ready into. oh you do you already got one yeah ready? we have we have one we're gonna just put on loop uh, oh on loop yeah must be good you want me you want me, you want yeah. me sing it uh-huh all right um <clears throat> terrible stop well, I just heard the news today. Seems my life is going to change. I close my eyes. That's bad. Begin to pray. The tears of joy stream down my face with arms wide open under the sunlight welcome to this place i'll show you everything with arms wide open Uh, (laughs) I'll show you love, love, love. I'll show you everything. Are you still going? What (laughs) open? Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.